This is the Eat.News podcast, powered by Back of House, where we cover the biggest restaurant and food service industry headlines. This week, we're talking about a possible union at Starbucks, a name change for a major restaurant tech company, and a bit of holiday generosity. It's Thursday, December 9th. I'm Claudia Sarek. In today's top story, we discuss a critical week in the ongoing Starbucks unionization battle. For more details, we go to Back of House editor Matt Lynch. Hi, Matt. Welcome back. Hey, Claudia. Thanks. Great to be back. Yeah. So what's going on here with Starbucks and their workers? Yeah, there basically there's been an ongoing effort from workers at three Starbucks locations in Buffalo, New York, to be recognized as a union. And just for a bit of background on that, the organizing committee was formed in August And after their petition was approved by the National Labor Relations Board, ballots then went out in November. The workers cited things like hazardous pandemic working conditions, staff shortages, other, you know, quality of life things as motivating this unionization push. Mm -hmm. But this week is really significant because the NLRB is expected to announce the results of that voting and reveal basically whether or not the unionization efforts at these three Starbucks locations succeeded. Okay, thanks for that overview. In my view, this seems like a really big deal. We don't hear a lot about unionization at fast food restaurants or restaurant chains in general. So this feels very different than, say, the Amazon workers attempt at unionization. Yeah, I think that's true, Claudia. A big part of the reason a lot of eyes are on this story, not just in terms of what it could mean for Starbucks, but the industry at large. Uh, If these Starbucks locations succeed in their efforts, it's hard to imagine that efforts wouldn't continue elsewhere both within Starbucks and other restaurant groups. Mm -hmm. In fact, there have already been some rumblings about another Starbucks unionization effort uh, springing up in Arizona. So I think we're already seeing some spread just based on all the attention that's already been paid to this story. And to your earlier point, unions are indeed pretty rare right now in the fast food landscape. Uh, Just last month, the workers at Burgerville, which is a 40-location burger chain, Uh, Pacific Northwest, primarily Washington and Oregon, they signed their first union contract, and that's thought to be a first for the fast food industry. Now, obviously, right now, we're only talking about three Starbucks locations uh, for this unionization effort, but Starbucks has 9,000 other locations. So the potential is obviously there for this to become a much bigger deal. Yeah, I'd say so. What do you think it could all mean if it goes through then? Yeah, there there are a few different levels to that conversation. Uh, As I just mentioned, it's really hard to imagine that a successful effort here won't lead to a more broad unionization movement within the fast food industry. And that's a really big deal for an industry that has already had a fair amount of high profile coverage around things like labor costs, staffing issues in general. And if unionization does become more commonplace in fast food, the implications will be really interesting to watch. Just one hypothetical example, could the attraction of a union job with better benefits at a chain like Starbucks make hiring that much more challenging for smaller independent operators competing in the same area. Mm. There are a lot of ripple effects like that to consider here, which is why so many eyes in the industry are on Buffalo this week. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much, Claudia.
Now moving to a bit of sobering news. With many states still grappling with the ongoing Delta variant wave, the Omicron variant has made its first U.S. appearance, having been identified in San Francisco late last week and now having reached 17 states and counting. As of now, states haven't moved to any new restrictions on indoor dining because of the variant, whose transmissibility and severity is still being studied. The movement in cases and hospitalizations will definitely be important to watch in the coming weeks. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced a vaccine mandate for private companies, a first for U.S. cities. De Blasio said he will detail specific rules on December 15th before the policy goes into effect on December 27th. That's just a few weeks after its unveiling. Said de Blasio in an interview with MSNBC, we in New York City have decided to use a preemptive strike to really do something bold to stop the further growth of COVID and the dangers it's causing to all of us. It remains to be seen if other cities will attempt to follow suit as pandemic woes continue. Speaking of the pandemic, is it possible it's turned us all into better tippers? According to the latest U.S. consumer study, nearly 60% of diners are tipping servers better, sometimes adding as much as 20 to 25% to the check. And if people are stiffing delivery drivers, they're at least not admitting to it. 38% of consumers reported tipping 20% or more on delivery, while the rest tacked on at least 15%. In another piece of good news for restaurants, it seems no one wants to do dishes in December. A whopping 83% of U.S. consumers say they plan to dine out during the holidays, per a new Lightspeed survey. Even more uplifting, 84% of restaurant operators expect to meet or exceed pre-pandemic sales levels. Optimistic consumers keep on giving. 62% of consumers hope to receive gift cards, and 43% of consumers plan to buy them. They're certainly on my wish list this year. Facebook's much-discussed change to Meta isn't the only big-name change in tech. Starting next week, Square will officially become Block. The moniker makeover is rooted in the company expanding its features. Square, for instance, will still be the brand for its point-of-sale systems. Block will become the parent company for the POS and a heap of other products like music streaming service Tidal and financial services like Cash App. Ghost Kitchen powerhouse Reef continues to hit speed bumps in its home state of Florida. Reportedly, 58 of the 61 Reef kitchens operating in the Sunshine State turned up violations after state health inspections. And we're not just talking about ice in the wrong bin here. Think lack of running water in hand-washing sinks and fish served raw and undercooked. And to be clear, this is not at a sushi spot. These issues will be interesting to watch as ghost kitchens continue their expansion. In a major move for two fast food giants, Jack in the Box announced plans to buy Del Taco for a whopping $575 million. Collectively, the two massive Western U.S. chains will number more than 2,500 locations across 25 states. The deal is expected to become official in the first quarter of next year. Shake Shack is trying an interesting strategy to combat tightening profit margins, offering premium menu additions like avocado and even black truffle at some locations. Shake Shack stated that it hopes the addition of these higher margin items will reduce the need to raise menu prices even further. If it's effective, it remains to be seen whether we'll start seeing other chains playing around with foie gras and caviar. Finally, circling back around to the new variant, a Greek diner in Wisconsin named, you guessed it, 
Omicron, is receiving quite a bit of attention thanks to the shared name. Employees reported that the hubbub has yet to deter their regulars from frequenting the family diner and are trying to use the naming coincidence to turn a negative into a positive. At minimum, we're sure that Corona Beer and Delta Airlines can sympathize. Thanks for joining us, folks. That's all for this week. Bye-bye.